Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is the round two recap for the PGA Championship, the halfway point, and we're here to break it all down. Let me bring in Greg Ducharme all the way from the East Coast. Greg, what up? Uh, this is this has been a fun day. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's late here. It's 11.05 here on the East Coast. I'm loving it. I love the primetime golf. Like I said yesterday, I mean, you get to go through a whole you, – you work a whole day, watch golf at night, and it, this is the best. It's the best, and, and we got a great leaderboard, so I'm having a great time. All right, and on uh, the same coast as I, it's Mark Immelman. What's going on, Mark? <laughs> I, I, I got to work early this morning, just three hours relief. We stepped in there for the ESPN crew. So this afternoon, I was chilling in my hotel room watching golf on TV like everyone else. So, I mean, what a day for me. I'm ordinarily out there trudging around the place um, trying to get my opinion. And I just got to watch golf for a little while, and it was thoroughly entertaining. I got a real golf course and it's a major championship setup and golf course and it's going to spit out a pretty sporty finish if, if if i know what i'm talking about all right i think you do know what you're talking about uh quick reminder you can get us on youtube go and subscribe to first cup podcast over on youtube so you can see these videos and these recaps as soon as they come out we're also on apple podcasts and spotify but let's break down the leaderboard gentlemen and just like we saw this all coming greg how tong lee is in the lead at the 36 hole uh mark of this event and and he's doing it a lot with the putter as we usually see from the 36 hole leader but how tong lee is a legit golfer right we don't see a lot of him over here on the pga tour but he is a legit golfer absolutely he's been as high as 32nd in the official world golf rankings before uh this is a player from china who he he won in in dubai beating rory mcelroy right and this is at a time where if i remember this correctly it was 2018 and the two previous winners of the masters also won that event and so heading into masters we kind of had a little uh, how Tong Lee watch going on. And he actually played pretty well uh, at Augusta that year. So it was very interesting to watch. Now, uh, there are definitely some concerns with what took place after the round. But what we saw on the golf course from How Tong Lee, yes, getting a lot of the work done with the putter. He's uh, through two rounds fifth in strokes game putting. But he, he definitely gained a lot uh, approaching the green. He, he's third approaching the green. The concern is... Uh, for me, with how Tong Lee is, he, he hit, I think, five of 14 fairways today. And it was kind of a – although he did was able to get it on 12 or 13 greens, it was kind of a scrambling day. And I, I just – you, you got to get the ball in the fairway a little bit more over the weekend, in my opinion. Okay, let me address the elephant in the room here. Okay, uh, First, how Tong Lee is a practicer. The guy's like Vijay Singh. He's one of those. Even if he plays well or badly, he's going to wear out the driving range. That's just in his DNA. Now, 
if you've got a shot at a major championship, I, I don't know what the big brouhaha was. Now, did he practice for too long? Yeah, according to us, he did. He might just be doing exactly what he needs to do because, look, he's now got – he's a 36 holes away from a, 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 an incredible feat. The, there's only one – champion major champion from china that's shan feng uh shan feng right so now he's got a shot and he's battled driver heck he came out of memphis last week finishing like second to last or whatever it was there and couldn't keep the ball in memphis c you've got a place now where conditions are becoming more and more punitive because the place is drying out and you better be playing from the fairway so uh, if you watched what he was doing on the range there he was hitting a number of drives then he was hitting and a number of wedges from like the 100 to about 60-yard range, which tells me, okay, I've missed. Now I've got to set up a wedge play to try and salvage a par. And then we swam around the green for a long time where he's hitting a number of the shots where these little deft sort of where you float the thing 15 feet and try and stop it quick. Look, is he will he perhaps wear himself out and tire himself out? Absolutely. But you've got to make sure you have full ammunition and you're feeling confident in what you're doing going into Saturday, Sunday on a major championship because now it's big boy golf and you better be ready for it. It, it so, is, Mar- th- this is it. Just real quick, Rick. I want to ask Mark. It, it, are you familiar with his routine um, throughout a normal tournament? Because the, the thing that struck at me is it seemed like this was uh, almost like a – a, a time kill. It, it didn't seem like it was a, a routine. It didn't seem normal. It seemed like it was, well, there's, n- there's nothing else to do. So I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to hit some balls in practice, but I wonder, and, and my thing is when you're in this position, you have to be, uh, you have to be in your routine. You have to, the guys that are going to win this tournament know exactly what they're going to do with their day. They have it all scripted out. They know exactly what time they're going to get up to prepare. They know what they're going to do after the round. They know how the whole day is going to go and that's going to keep them the most prepared. And it, it just didn't look like that. And maybe it's the way it was broadcasted. I, I don't know what his typical routine is, but it didn't seem normal. Is this something that you've seen from him before? Well, Greg, that's a good question. The only other times I've seen him were was at the Masters. And at the Masters, whenever I walked out the range, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> and then whenever I walked off the he was there. So, so this is kind of his thing. Um, so I don't know. You, you know, inside is twenty twenty. You know, he might play poorly tomorrow or Sunday and we'll be like, well, he shouldn't have practiced so long on Friday. But then what if he goes ahead and plays great and his energy levels are way high? Because remember, the adrenaline is pumping through this dude's veins right now, okay? And you're going to burn all that stuff. And in hotels, I don't know how where he's staying. Hotels, you're not allowed in gyms over here. Everything's essentially closed. So what's he going to go lie around in his room? So, so it, it's, you know, if this was regular time, not COVID protocol, I would say, yeah, okay, this was a bit odd. It's a bunch, and if you go back to the hotel, you can't work out. You can't do that sort of stuff. It's a really good point. If he goes and shoots uh, another bogey-free sixty-five on Saturday, we're you're going to see a lot more guys at the range for three and four hours uh, after that. After that round, um, let's turn our attention to the boys at six under, and uh, what our friend, what our colleague uh, Kyle Porter would refer to as the real lead, Greg. Uh, where you've got a couple of these big boys here: Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day. Oh, by the way, Brooks Kepka. Let's start with him. And, and you want to talk about things that are happening on the course or off the course. Uh, Brooks Kepka is getting stretched out 
in the middle of a PGA Tour, a PGA Championship round on the back nine. I've never seen anything like this. So the first time I saw him down in this position, I, my first thought was, honestly, it's, it's Jason, that's Jason Day. And I couldn't believe it. And, and yeah. then I realized it was Brooks. And my concern level went down a little bit. And, and hearing him afterwards talk about how it's his hip, it's not his knee, it, it definitely reduces my concern level. But uh, it, it's a unique circumstance. It, it's not a good thing. It's just something I think he can overcome. But if there's anybody that can do it, like 2008 Tiger um, winning on a broken leg, it's one of the most talked about majors in history and, in my opinion, the most impressive. Um, If there's anybody that can replicate something like that, it's Brooks Koepka because he is going to take home this trophy. He doesn't care what stands in his way. And a tight hip isn't going to end his chances uh, at holding a, a three-peat. I mean, how many guys have experience attempting a three-peat, let alone back-to-back years? He's attempted a three-peat twice now. He did it just last year. So this is a, a remarkable performance so far. And this is a guy who – we could talk about the stats all you want, but he just gets it done. And how many times has he had an eight- or nine-footer for par that he seems to will in the hole? It, it's – look, this is what I'll say. There is – Maybe Greg, Greg you pitching, brother. <laughs> I love what you're saying right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't care about any of it because he and he's just gonna get it done. He's gonna do whatever he has to do to get it done. And there's, there are three guys that I, I kind of raise my eyebrows at on this leaderboard. If you're, if you're Brooks Kepka, and I think you're, well, let's just say you're still looking slightly down at these guys. So I, I think Brooks is in a really good position, and uh, and and he is the real leader right now. I think tomorrow he sets the bar. Well, uh, producer Jacob coming in hot here with potential major three-peats since World War One. Tigers had three different chances at the three-peat. He has not accomplished it. Uh, Brooks Kepka, of course, at the 2019 U.S. Open, he finished sixth. And then this uh, outcome that we are awaiting this week. Oh, and now Jacob's dropping more into the chat. So I'm going to uh, throw it over to you, Mark, because you said this is big boy uh, golf we are playing right now and when it comes to major season and it comes to the PGA Championship nobody bigger than Brooks Kepka. yeah you know what's major championship golf to me oftentimes is that war of attrition and it's survival of adversity and uh, Kyle made the point I, la- I was laughing underneath my breath uh, we were on HQ earlier and ordinarily he'll spout some strokes gain number and if someone's putting poorly uh, putting, putting great but hitting poorly he's going to say well you got no chance over the weekend uh, and then there's Brooks on the other hand who was not hitting the ball so great it, uh, but you know just making all sorts of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten foot putts to just recover and to handle the rough patch and keeping himself in it and Kyle referenced this thing and I wanted to pat him on the back and say hey, you've now recognized what it takes to win golf at the highest level. You've got to survive, then you've got to take advantage when you can, then you've got to survive, and you've got to take advantage when you can. And the way this golf course is stacking up right now, Rick, it was getting firm this afternoon. It was firm when I was out there this morning. I've got to tell you, there's, even the rough is thinning out a little bit. It's still punitive, but it's getting to a place now where you're in there, but you can hit yourself one giant flyer out there to a firm green, and all of a sudden, you're going to be recovering. And the way he is recovering 
sort of sets him apart for me right now. And that's what the big boys do. They find a way to use Greg's term to somehow put a par on the card because I have a small, a sneaking sense that Sunday afternoon par is going to be golden around this place. Mark, do you think that we, and Rick, I want to get your take on this too. Do you think we have entering the week overrated the difficulty of the rough a little bit? I feel like there are a lot of players up here who hit very few fairways who are able to quite often get the ball on the green. I mean, Brooks Kepka hit a five iron from 251 onto the green to, from, from the rough. Now, I know he is at times superhuman, and I understand that, but um, do, do we overrate the difficulty of thick rough on PGA Tour? Are these guys just so good where they can handle almost any kind of rough? Well, Mark, you Mark, you were actually mentioning before we came on, you know, you, you could be standing directly on top of a ball and not be able to see it. So I don't know if it maybe it is just uh, kind of random in the lie that gets drawn or if we are over overvaluing or overestimating the rough and just how good these guys are. What do you think of the rough out there? You're feeling it. The, the rough is just downright horrid in spots. I mean, I had Phil Mickelson this morning where they, I had to look down on the golf ball to see it underneath what was about three inches of this poa, rye, whatever it is, mix. And they came to me and, I was, and, and Jim Nance was like, what? And I'm like, he could use a backhoe out of you and he had 100 <laughs> yards. And he barely got the thing to the front of the green, which was about 80 yards. And then you get situations where just because it's this maritime climate, the poanio grass, let's remember, grows at different speeds. And so there's, there's certain areas where it is sprouted, it's gotten water and the stuff is lush. And there's certain areas where it's gotten burned out. Think of poa greens on a Sunday afternoon. You get brown spots and green spots and that sort of deal. You're seeing the same thing here in the rough. So you can hit it in the rough a few times and get awfully lucky but you can hit it in the rough a few times and get your rear end smoked for you. So it's, there, there is a, a little fortune involved, but to the question, yes, these guys are strong. Are we overestimating the rough? Not so much. I will tell you the rough is not as moist as what it was when I got to the course Tuesday morning, because when I saw that stuff Tuesday, I was like, oh my goodness, it, it is unplayable in spots. Tommy Fleetwood goes out and shoots one of his Tommy Fleetwood major rounds, Greg. I feel like we've seen this story before, reminiscent of the 63 he shot in the final round of the 2018 U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. Goes out and shoots a 64 on Friday, only one bogey on the card. Kind of felt like Tommy Fleetwood, who, you know, uh, made his first start back at the the 3M Open, like he was kind of working through things in the last couple of rounds. He's played six rounds heading into this week but this was this was like peak tommy on on friday he looked really good and heading into the week if, if you look at a, a golf course like this the way it was forecasted to play it has tommy fleetwood written all over it the only concern is we've only seen him play twice and it hasn't necessarily been great right still kind of getting his feet under him but where when you have an emphasis on driving the ball as mark says rough is unplayable in places he is a long straight driver of the golf ball and heading into the week my head went to Paris and I was thinking well who are guys who played really well there because this is kind of a similar situation where you have rough that becomes uh, very difficult to advance the ball out of and there's a premium on driving and we saw European players dominate us because of more accurate tee shots um, so for Tommy Fleetwood, we kind of saw that off the tee today, right? He, he led the field in strokes gain off the tee today 
Um, he was first. He hit 12 of 14 fairways. Now, he played from the fairway all day, and this was a vintage Tommy Fleetwood round. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't happen on a Sunday, and we still have a lot of golf left. But he, he, he played really, really, really well, and he's swinging, he's swinging nicely right now. The note on Tommy Fleetwood, Mark, is, of course, that he's never won on the PGA Tour. A runner-up four separate occasions in 67 career starts. So we're talking about big boy golf. We're talking about big boy course. We're talking about a major championship. Can a guy like Tommy Fleetwood, is he, is he ready to make his first PGA Tour victory a major championship? I think he's paid his dues. Um, just just to that thing, well, he's never won that argument. Well, I'm related to a guy that had never won a major championship and yeah. then won a major championship under some very tough conditions. And Fleetwood, you look at the majors he's played well at. Last year at Port Rush, it was grisly at times. Uh, Shinnecock Hills, I mean, Phil Mickelson picked up a golf ball on the green and was, was unsure of the penalty <laughs> run. So, so it was, that's how hard it was. So, so I, I feel like Tommy's paid his dues. I, I feel like he comes in here well run. You know, he had played in a couple of events. And the game's trending in the right direction. And, and I made the point earlier, and I just want to visit this real fast. Um, I've always maintained that major championship is a game of recovery. But if you hit the two straightest face clubs in your bag well, you've got the leg up on folks. He's driving at super, and he's making lots of putts. And, and all of these holes coming down the stretch, because this thing to me will be decided over the final four or five holes. Okay, Not 16, 17, 18. I feel like you might have to make a birdie or two coming through that stretch. But if you go 12, 13, 14, 15, those holes are mean. And all of them, I've got Lake Merced basically on your left-hand side, and the prevailing wind is a westerly that comes into you off the right. Now, that's going to expose a right-handers golf swing. And Fleetwood is hitting this tumbling draw. I was watching him play. The thing you can set your wristwatch on it right now. So with a left-to-right wind, he can turn this draw in there. It basically holds each other up. It, they cancel each other, and he's punching the ball through the wind like it's cutting the wind in half right now. And so mm. I feel like if things stay the way they are, and if we get a Saturday like this tomorrow, if he keeps driving it the way he is, I, I think he's really got the advantage. I, I really do like that because we talk about it a lot, but we always forget you are, you've, everyone was not a PGA Tour winner until they were. Yeah. Right, T Tiger Woods had zero PGA Tour victories until he did, uh, which is always something I, I think we should remember. Greg, there there are so many names here, uh, all at six under. Jason Day, Daniel Berger, Justin Rose. Take your pick. Pick one of those guys. Tell me what you saw and what you think about him moving forward. Well, I, I, so the guy that I want to go to is Justin Rose. Uh, and at the beginning of the week, he was the guy who where I, I didn't know what to say. And much like Tommy Fleetwood, this is a golf course and a setup that was projected to be a Justin Rose. I mean, I mean, perfect for Justin Rose. Like if Justin Rose was in good form coming into this, he would have been the most popular pick out there by far because this just sets up so perfectly for him, everything that's required. And so anyway, but what we've seen out of him is this reminds me a lot of what happened at the U S open last year. This is a Justin Rose whose game has through his career, it's, it's evolved, and he's becoming a scrambler. He is a wizard around the greens. I'm not saying he wasn't before, but he's never had to lean on it until about last year, even when he was world number one. Uh, now, 
his short game was in great form when he was world number one. Um, but he, he didn't have to lean on it. He was still hitting a lot of greens of regulation. He was still gaining a lot approaching the greens and off the tee. This week, he is gaining a lot approaching the greens, which is the advantage. And that's why I bring him up because he's, uh, he, he's gained over the two rounds 3.6 strokes gained approach the green. And that is an advantage because you're, you're looking at a guy who's scrambling. It's a, it's a tough round. There's a lot of par putts that are being made. There's uh, some immaculate shots. He's six of seven scrambling for the week. Um, or he was six of seven scrambling for the day, I believe. And so it's just extremely impressive what he's doing around the greens. Can, can Justin Rose get the ball into play enough to make a birdie down the stretch in that stretch of really mean holes that Mark talks about? Is he going to have to rely on a short game over the weekend, or is he going to put the ball in position where he can utilize his ball striking? Because I'll tell you what, relying on short game, it, it's difficult to last because conditions get more difficult whole locations get more difficult pressure increases and it's exactly what we saw last year at the u.s open eventually he didn't get up and down and that's what's going to happen again here so for justin rose you got to figure out a way to get the ball into the fairway a little more so you can hit more than 11 or 12 greens as he has the first two days because i don't see a guy getting going six of seven in scrambling on sunday uh, at a PGA championship. That's what he was today, by the way. Yesterday, he was five of six. So, um, so yeah, 11 of 13 for the week so far. Uh, I love your point there, Greg. But, but the conundrum is that you can't rely on your short game, but you sort of have to rely on your short game if you're going to win because you can't ball, you're not going to ball strike your way to success. Uh, you're going to have a situation around here where you're going to have one hit a green, bumble through the back and that thick stuff, and then you better have all your facilities about you. Um, in, in terms of these names up there, I'm just fascinated by the storylines. I mean, there's Brooks being Brooks. I almost, <laughs> I, I wish I could ask him, but, but I'm wondering if him lying down on the ground and having someone stretch on his leg is just not made for television sort of stuff, you know, <laughs> because he's doing that sort of thing right now. I mean, they interview him about his, 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 his uh, diet. Did you see those little segments? And he goes, well, uh, I had five Tic Tacs and rashes <laughs> of bacon. And so, so, so there's Brooks doing Brooks and there's Tommy Fleetwood being Fleetwood and there's Hartong Lee and Jason Day. I love the story, but I've, I've just got to go. I need to give a nod. It's like we never talk about Brendan Tartar, right? But he fell away a little bit today. But Mike Lorenzo Vera, right? <laughs> Lorenzo Vera. This guy, I mean, he's so flamboyant. I, I've, I've watched him play for a while. And he sort of reminds me of Jean Vanderfeld in a funny sort of a way at Carnoustie. And, and I have a sense. Now, first off, I need to just tell you guys that he learned the short game from Jose Maria Olazabal who rode a short game to two major championships, two masters. Because okay? <laughs> that guy, everyone said Ollie was great, but would never make it because he couldn't drive the ball in play. Well, he's a Hall of Famer now. Same thing with Seve Ballesteros. And Lorenzo Vera's got some of the sort of stuff, and he learned the short game from Ollie. And, and he's just got this thing about him where he... <laughs> He, he is fascinating. And, and I just, I, I have the, I, I have the sneaking suspicion that somehow coming down the stretch on Sunday, that something like Vanderfeld's going to happen. And, and I can't think of anything more entertaining just for the show and for the stories. And, and, and imagine if, uh, you know, just for the growth of the game now, I sound like a nerd, but, but, but if, if Hautong wins or if Lorenzo Vero wins what they, what they do for golf in their countries. And if we all, 
true to what we're saying about growing the game, that's what we should kind of be pulling for in as much as what I want Brooks to win because I picked him in one and done. Uh, Lorenzo Vera gave a, such a great story after his round about he, how he was rock bottom, dead last on the challenge tour. Now in contention of a major championship is absolutely awesome. Uh, shouts to Jason Day, still in this thing. Daniel Berger's been straight vibing since the restart. A first, a second, a third. And oh, by the way, just two shots off the lead again. This is an absolutely packed leaderboard. And we haven't even gotten to Tiger Woods yet. Who we're going to get to on the other side. First, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Uh, Don't forget, CBS is your home for the PGA Championship this weekend. We have plenty of ways for you to watch, including streaming on OTT devices through CBS All Access. You can also watch for free on CBSSports.com or the CBS Sports mobile app. We'll be chatting, oh yeah, on Saturday and Sunday for a few hours. Stop by and say hello. Coverage begins at 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, so you do not want to miss out all right gentlemen we got to talk about the big cat whose big problem on friday was the putter mark we'll start with you on this we've been talking about he's using a different putter it's a little bit longer it takes a little bit of of the pressure off his back uh looked good on thursday made a couple of putts that really held his round together he made a 20-foot par putt friday just a completely different story. It, there was a lid on the cup for him. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about the putter that much because he hit a number of putts that it just looked like he couldn't figure out the speed. And, and, and if you're putting from places where you're putting defensively, you're never going to look like you've got the speed of stuff figured out. That's my first observation. And then, then that sort of takes me to how the course is playing. And, it's, and, and like we were talking in the break, this is a major championship spot and majors, they're frustrating. You know, majors are difficult. They, they, they're meant to be. Majors, the, the conditions are punitive and, and the situations are pressure packed. I think in, in our setup show, we talked about how every shot is on the knife edge and from the first round, first shot, you have got uh, pressure on you and you're playing with a lot of adrenaline. But majors is also about surviving. And if that was Tiger Woods' bad day, what is he? Is is even par, right? Yeah, and that's eight back with two rounds to play. Six off the real lead, Mark. The real authority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the I. You know what? Would he be happy with the performance today? No. Once he's got over it, and he's like, okay. I've got two rounds left around this place. I'm out tomorrow morning before, while the golf course still has a little bit of moisture in it. If I put up something in the mid sixties, I am right back in the midst of this thing. So, so, so I'm, I'm prepared to chalk up today with a, with a lid on the hole being everyone's going to have that sort of a run. You just don't want to have that happen on Sunday afternoon. Does that make yeah. sense? 
of of course, and I, I we obviously poke about the real lead, but I think you're you're dead on about so so Tigers actually had a quote on this after his round. He said the putting green is faster than the golf course. It's been like that all week. But then he mentioned Greg the pin positions, and he said some of the pins were up on the crest, so you're putting into the grain early, and then if you go past the hole, it's down grain, and and that might be a little bit of what Mark was mentioning, where he just kind of had the speed, just a little bit off on speed. That basically the only two putts he made, he rolled in with authority um you know he made one on 10 that i thought might have been able to kind of kick start this round for him it didn't end up happening but the two more aggressive strokes he took are the ones that ended up of course finding the bottom of the cup that putt on 10 i'm glad you brought that up it, that was just complete will it was total it was like i'm not three putting for par right now <laughs> it was com- he completely willed that ball into the hole so um i, I sensed frustration out of him today which is, I'm not saying necessarily that's a bad thing, but I've always felt like Tiger has his finger on the pulse of where he needs to be at certain points in a tournament. And I felt like he was putting himself in those positions throughout the round and he wasn't capitalizing. And he felt the frustration because like now all of a sudden he's behind the eight ball. Whereas yesterday in Thursday's round, he's, uh, he, he's easing his way in. There's not a point in time where he, he always, it always felt yesterday like Tiger was exactly where he wanted to be. It feels like he's in control of the scorecard almost, which he's the only player I've ever really seen where I've had that feeling. And, and so there were a couple of moments today where he has these putts and he misses them. And it's like, okay, now it, it, it's like it became real for Tiger and the frustration became uh, real for Tiger. So that was definitely a little bit concerning. Um, but, but, you know, to Mark's point about how, and to Tiger's point about how some of those putts were a little bit strange today, a lot of the putts that he narrowly missed, they broke early and they were straight late. And I've always felt like that's the hardest kind of a putt to make. You got to kind of get it going, just breaking off the first couple of feet at the right angle. And then it kind of straightens out. I, I find those to be hard late breaking putts. I think it's easier to visualize, especially for um, for a, a player like Tiger, who's so in touch with the vis- visualization. So uh, it was an interesting day. I think he's a little bit too far back at this point. Um, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think the lead's going to be? I'm kind of thinking, I think he can get to uh, 11 under for a winning score, and I'm not sure that's out there for a guy at even par. Mark, that's I think the, I think the real question here, Mark can help us with. How much is this course changing throughout the day? You know, we we saw a couple of of low scores kind of early. We know, I mean, I know this on the West Coast, especially in the Bay Area, that wind can start kicking up in the afternoon. How, how different is it? Can Tiger get a really good split tomorrow morning? Yes, he can. He can. Uh, Greg makes a good point. Is like is uh, let's say the wing score gets to twelve. I'd said twelve early in the week. Uh, that that that's a long way. I mean, you're shooting sixty four twice. Is that on? Well, you, you're not going to get to play early twice because if he shoots 64 tomorrow afternoon, right. he'll be fairly late. But I don't see the lead going away very, uh, going very much further. I'd say double digits right now might be a big deal because the leaders are off at whatever time in the afternoon tomorrow, and they're going to have a pretty good wind. They're going to have a pretty firm golf course. Um, the rough hasn't been cut. Uh, the, the greens are getting rolled morning and evening. And so it's, it's, this golf course is growing up for our eyes and Kerry Haig is a master course setup guy. And, uh, and he can, he can sort of set, okay, this is what I want the winning score to be. And they can engineer the, the thing, the golf course as such. So, um, 
is it possible? Yes. Is it probable the Tiger wins? No. But is he likely to go out and play well tomorrow morning? I would think so because he's hitting the, he's hitting the ball fine. I mean, the swing looks unencumbered. He, he looks like he's got some decent control about him. He just needs to find a way to you know, get one or two of the putts to fall, and he's got to get off to the par fives. All right, we will keep our eye on Tiger on Saturday. A couple of quick items, gentlemen. A couple of things I've not necessarily seen before. Greg, Ricky Fowler, uh, Ricky Fowler uh, missed a six-inch tap-in. He, ba- he did not whiff. He, there it is. He did not whiff his tap-in because he made contact with it. I've, I'm not sure I've seen something like that before. He stubbed it. I've never – he stubbed it. That was uh, one of a kind, and it would only happen to Ricky Fowler. So uh, I don't have much to say, except I'm just shaking my head. Like, uh, what, what do you say? I mean, it, it, that's not like there, – there's obviously no uh, – it's just such a unique How many strokes did he lose on that shot? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what you say, Greg. The, the PGA professional golf instructor in you should be saying to everyone listening to this, every shot – is worth one stroke. And even if it's a foot and a half away, you get up and you give the thing its due recognition and you not necessarily take your time, but be very careful. You can't get in there in one hand stuff and on one leg and look like a flamingo when you're playing in major championships. I'm sorry. Lanny Watkins did that. I'm convinced he could have won more majors if he didn't backhand putts from four feet because he was aggravated. The well said, Mark. Uh, obviously, every shot matters, but uh, when you miss the cut by one shot and uh, that one is on your card, not not great. Mark, uh, golf is the ultimate gentleman's game. We saw a couple of instances of that. Cameron Tringale uh, goes back to the scoring tent after he signs an incorrect scorecard, lets everybody know he had the wrong score on there. He gone. That's a DQ. And Rory McIlroy uh, actually gives himself a worse lie trying to replicate a lie after his ball was kind of partially stepped on on the side of a green. That is uh, what is great about this game, I would say. Yeah, it heartens me. Uh, i got to tell you, Cameron Tringali is just a diamond of a human being. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all because of just his faith and what he believes and, and the kind of human he is. So good on him. And then Rory, I mean, that was that was all quality, and we come to expect that out of Rory. And, and the situation was the, the rough, like we said, is punitive. In certain situations... Like I was involved in a search for a golf ball for Ricky, incidentally, left of six uh, yesterday in round one. And there were about 20 people and we looked for like two minutes and 58 seconds before we found the thing. And it, you had to look down onto the top of the ball. So this marshal was looking around for Rory's ball, stands on it. And so the, the rule is you replace the thing. But Rory put it down there and it was perched up pretty well. Now he could have done that. He could have hit it from there. But at least, you know, he's, he's, he's recognizing the integrity of the game. He's respecting the field. There's all these cliches and stuff. But he did the right thing. So, so good on Rory. All right, gentlemen, we're going to do the right thing right now. And we are going to predict the winner of the PGA Championship. And it's going to be absolutely correct. I'm sure we'll get this all right. I'm just going to stick with Brooks Kepka. Picked him before we started. He's 4-1, to one, thanks to our friends over at William Hill. He's the favorite. I'll just stay there. Greg... Who you got winning the PGA Championship? Like you, Rick, I picked uh, Brooks Kepka as well. Yeah, Is baby. there anybody here who's going to stand up to Brooks Kepka face to face on Sunday and say, "I'm going to, I'm going to go beat you"? And I don't think there. Maybe Justin Rose is the guy who I kind of have circled in that category. I, I, and I don't think Jason Day would be afraid either. Yeah. Um, but 
man, I, I just, I, I think this Brooks is a man who's determined and uh, I, I think he is going to figure out a way to get it done. Jason Day is is the guy that I that I'm like super sneaky scared about a little bit <laughs> who might just come steal this thing. Mark, what say you? Um, I want Brooks to win because of my one and done aspirations. <laughs> We're getting close to crunch time over here. Um, but I am going to stick with Fleetwood. I he came up big in the Ryder Cup uh, on a golf course that you had to drive the thing in play, and he made some really crucial putts. Um, and this golf course is got a real European kind of a feel to it. You know, there's a chill in the air. They're crosswinds on a number of holes. Um, and, and uh, you know, Brooks is going to take some beating, but I get concerned when I'm seeing a guy getting his body stretched on in the middle of a round of golf. So I, I don't know if, if that's made for television or if that's a real thing. But I'll tell you what, the one thing I know for certain is Tommy Fleetwood is hitting the ball through the wind right now, and it's seriously impressive. Whatever happens on Saturday, whatever happens on Sunday, we are in store for a good one. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. You can find Greg on Twitter at TheRealGFD. You can find Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find myself at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.